Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. This is Ellen Chaplow here. Elle, you guys know me as Elle. And who do I have with me? Could you guys guess? It is Elle's <laughs> co-host, <laughs> Julie Chaplow, but everybody knows me as Coach Jules. That was like, we just had some sound effects with your yes. name. <laughs> yes, that was well rehearsed. That was, yeah, we, we planned that. <laughs> hey guys, so welcome back to the podcast. So we just wanted to say welcome back. We had a little uh, podcast hiatus last week and we did not record and we did not put a podcast out because you guys know we keep it fresh and we keep it ready to go. You know, we just kind of figure out a topic we want to talk about and we just go for it. And so the last topic we had was on bodybuilding, competing, all the positives of bodybuilding. And then we got into some of the realities of bodybuilding. We talked about steroids and uh, performance enhancing drugs and what we think about them and what our clients do. And, you know, we are coaches of natural competitors and we don't immerse ourselves into the unnatural side of competing. And we got some really good feedback on that episode. Yes, actually, it was kind of interesting because we really just free flowed into that component. I always sort of feel when I talk about certain topics, I, I'm almost like I'm walking on glass because there are different opinions and where we have our opinion and other people have their opinion. It wasn't really our plan to go and talk about it specifically at that podcast, but it really came out and and I think we expressed our feelings and people really were appreciative. So Yeah. I think that people yeah, people just saying thanks for talking about it because I'm a natural competitor and I feel discouraged and it's just crazy within this world with competing, but also in the world of the internet where people are using PEDs, performance enhancing drugs or physique enhancing drugs, steroids, whatnot, to enhance their physique for the bodybuilding stage. But we have things like Facetune apps and photo editors where it's like people are cheating on the internet and it's like this you know, whatever we could, we could call it cheating. We call it whatever we want to call it, but we just have to realize that that's the reality. And so last week's episode, when we kind of talked about this, it kind of overlaps with this week's episode where we're talking about body image and the body positivity movement, as well as just kind of just going over all the things that we might deal with as people in society today with body acceptance yeah, totally. And I do think it's interesting because one of the almost it's a little bit of a hypocrisy. You know, we preach as health and fitness coaches, you know, the approach to taking care of your health and fitness with healthy approaches and balance. On the other hand, the images that are out there and even, you know, we teach our clients on how to stand in a certain way so that their appearance looks a certain way, which is really what the whole concept of like that stage presentation, but even everyday people, when they take their pictures and they post them on social media, you know, they take 400 pictures before they'll post one selfie because they want to capture images in a particular way. And 
as I'll just reference, you know, a lot of it just sort of feeds into this topic we're going to talk about today with body image and sort of this body acceptance and and sort of this new, I, I don't even want to call it new, you know, the body positivity movement. It's just the new name for it, I guess you can say. Did you want to add anything else to that? But I think it, it really is if you listen to the bodybuilding one and then you come on to this, whether or not you're a competitive athlete or not, both of them are very appropriate because I think it affects our perspective on so many things out there as people who, you know, are aware of what we look like and, and how we want to feel. Yeah. The only thing I want to add to that is, hey guys, welcome to the episode because that's what we're talking about today. I guess I want to ask Jules her thoughts on this body positivity movement because how many years have you been in the fitness industry? Like even starting with when you started school to be a, a registered dietitian? Yeah, 1979. So let's see, that's when I changed my major to the study of nutrition in college as a sophomore. I started out in another allied health field and then moved into nutrition. So we're talking about this is 2018. So we're talking about 38, 39 years that I've been involved in it. Obviously, I was aware of all of this as a teenager growing up and through high school, but, you know, deciding to commit my education and my life passion to health and fitness education. So, you know, to go to your question about what my thoughts, what my input would be on this body positivity movement, I think I do want to take a little step into the concept of body image and how people perceive themselves as having sort of starting this whole body positivity movement, because I think that when I was first studying, there was a lot of discussion and all the psychology courses I had to take and all the counseling courses on what things affect a person's choice and actions in terms of health and fitness and in terms of like overall health and fitness. And then when we take it to the next level of what is one of the biggest motivators for people to decide they're going to either change or embark on changing habits, nutrition habits, exercise habits, sleep habits, all those things for general fitness is what we look like and how we see ourselves and what we see ourselves in terms of what we want. And that is probably even, you know, Elle can vouch for this or anybody else out there who are working with a population personal trainers, health and fitness coaches, health educators on what is the biggest reason most people decide to start things. And it's because they want to look and feel better. And so that's just making the assumption that where they are right now is not good because they want better. And so that's already sort of throwing that and skewing that negativity into it. Most of those fitness things, I think, especially as people start in their fitness journey and they, you know, may just say, hey, you know what, I need to get in better shape. And then they start to realize that they look differently. And all of a sudden, you know, it may be more in line with what they see maybe in a magazine article or, you know, ad or something. When I did my graduate thesis, I did it specifically on where did young women get their uh, nutrition and fitness information from. And I went and did a research project on that. And I collected data from in New York City at five different locations, different outpatient health clinics for girls between the ages of 13 and 18 to get an idea of where they get their health education from. And it was not from their parents. 
it was no, it primarily never. from, you know, that's right. It was primarily from their peers and from magazine articles. And yeah, so this was way back in the yeah. well, early if we 80s. think about it now in 2018, we could do the same research project and it's the same thing. Kids aren't getting information from their parents because, well, first of all, their parents are probably getting it from Facebook and whatnot, but kids are getting it from the internet or peers, mostly peers at school, but they're getting it from Instagram or YouTube and whatnot. And I was even on, I was even on YouTube a little bit earlier today. And I was like, man, there's so much crap out there. And I think the biggest problem though now is that a lot of people share their personal stories and a lot of people take personal stories and they try to apply it to themselves. Like, oh, I'm a girl and I like fruit too. So that means that I shouldn't eat meat either because this girl, you know, and so that's where they're getting their information from. Yes. I do think that there's a lot more of, I think it was then. I just think the exposure is just so, so it's huge. It's huge. And, and instead of really getting it from reliable sources, it's true. They will look at what somebody else is doing and say, well, if I want to look like that, I'm going to do that. And it can be very, it can thwart or distort your perspective. And especially if you, you know, are at a point where you might feel a little vulnerable. And so this, I guess, feeds into your question about the body positivity movement. I don't even think I asked that question. I think I just oh. asked how long. <laughs> well, you did. You did. <laughs> I said, how long have you been in the industry? And she's like, well, listen, this is my take on it. Oh, what? I thought, yes. So I thought anyway, you asked me about hey, you know, I, I say about the body positivity. We'll definitely, I definitely want to dive into that more too. But you guys know, Joel, has extensive background and education in in this area. And so, you know, I love talking to her about it and asking her about it because this culture, although, you know, diet culture has been around forever, but the culture just keeps changing. And so diet culture and body image and body positivity is something that we're all trying to kind of like mesh together in order to A, have a physique that you are comfortable in and that you like and be have a healthy body, you know, inside and out. Exactly. So now let's talk about the body positivity movement. And I want to know your, how do you respond to somebody who says, say you're, you know, overweight and you are trying to love your body at the same time, but you're still trying to lose some fat because you want to look better and feel better. You want your, you know, numbers to be better when you go to the doctor and get your blood work done. Maybe you have a history of diabetes or heart disease in your family. So what do you say to someone when they say to you as that person, well, you don't need to lose weight or you're perfect the way you are. Like, what do you say? Like, how would you respond and how do you tell people to handle something like that? First and foremost, I'm going to say people say all sorts of things that are uninformed and often insensitive to people. Mm. And across the board, I do think that there should be more thinking about how that other person might respond to something before you just go out and, and say something. And I think that that's the biggest thing. It should go on the on the responsibility of the person who's asking the question. But for the person who's on the receiving end of the question, that was what you're asking me is how do you handle that when people make a comment about what you are choosing to do, whether it is, you know, visually you may look one way, but you're doing an activity that other people may decide that you do or do not need to do is, you know, you just sometimes have to smile and say, you know, I appreciate 
your concern and your input. I have my goals and I'm working towards them and this is part of it. And I do think that that's the best way just to leave it. Mm -hmm. And that can be applied to pretty much anything across the board because people don't know your full story. And unless it is somebody that you decide that you are going to share your story in a little bit more, sometimes it is helpful if it's a person that you care about and want them to understand. But most of the time, those are things that are said to people and it throws them a little bit, you know, and it can be something as simple as you shouldn't lift so heavy because you're going to get, you know, bulky or, you know, why do you need to do cardio? Cardio is just going to make you fatter kind of thing. You know, people say all sorts of weird things and you just have to sometimes step back and say, you know what, this question is not directed to me, but it's more out of possibility ignorance on that person's side. So you're not going to turn around and say, <laughs> you're stupid for asking me that question or something insensitive back. You yeah, well, that's, but the, step back and say, I appreciate your input or I appreciate your comments, but you know, I'm working on the things I need to do to get me to my goal. Yeah. And like that, I think that's all fine and well, but I feel like you're not having rational conversations when somebody's saying something like that to you. I feel like it already is an irrational place. Like the person's not, they are insensitive. So it's like, there's, it's like, how do you even talk to somebody that just like doesn't get it without getting frustrated? And I'm just speaking about this and asking you this because this is the most common trend. Like if I was doing something that you didn't totally agree with, yes, I would come to you and I would say, Hey, listen, this is what my deal is. This is important to me. And I would have a calm, cool and collected conversation with you. And since you love me and since you care about me, you'd say, okay, you know what? You're right. I maybe, maybe I don't support it, but I support you. I love you. And okay, let's move on. Most people don't have that. A lot of people don't have yeah. that. Yes. You know, we do see that in with a lot of our clients who are making changes in their health and fitness. And, you know, a lot of them eventually become apparent to the people around them. Maybe they, you know, the people notice that they're being more careful about their food choices, or maybe they've decided to abstain from alcohol, or yeah. maybe they've upped their activity game. And then when the world around them starts to notice the results, sometimes comments come out of different emotions. It could be comments are coming out of jealousy. They could be coming out of, you know, worry. They could be coming out of curiosity. Sometimes people want to know, what are you doing? And so they don't quite know how to say, hey, you know what? This is a positive thing I see you doing. I'd love to find out more because a lot of times people just don't even know how to ask those. Yeah, questions. people are just they're they just want to know what, and that's what I I give advice to a lot of people when they say that they don't have supportive people. And what you were saying before about that applying to pretty much everything in life, it's true. If you can have a, the best thing to do is to have a, a cool, calm and collected conversation about why it's important to you. And I always say things to girls tell your friends or boyfriend or family and say, okay, fine. If you love me, you don't have to support it. But as long as you support me, then, you know, we can move on from here. So that's all I wanted to, I just wanted to ask you about that. Cause I know that that's such a common thing that it hurts when we lack support from people, when we're trying to, we're in this world of trying to please ourselves, but at the same time, we almost feel the pressure to try and please, you know, everybody else. And I feel like it kind of goes hand in hand with that body positivity movement because we're trying to maybe inspire other people to be healthy, but 
they may not see it as healthy if we're trying to lose weight because we're trying to change who we are. Right. And I do think that it almost becomes kind of like a circular activity. Somebody will make a comment and you do your best to make it not personally affect you, but it might it might have an effect. So for example, say you are working on trying to improve your body composition. And I like to say that because we do know that, especially as you get older, you want to increase your muscle mass versus your body fat content, you know, that ratio. Um, As you get older, all you, yeah, in the psych of aging course in school, we talked about what happens as you get older. And although we know this, but just, you know, reading the textbook and and talking about the studies and seeing what happens to the body where the body just gets rid of muscle, like as you get older. So even as you get older, you have to try harder and harder to keep muscle on the body. Exactly. You. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You lose muscle, you lose bone mass, you, you just lose get, strength. but you're losing the strength because you're losing the muscle. Exactly. But to go back, so if anyway, somebody sorry. makes a, con- a comment, say you're working out and, and somebody you know makes a, a comment, wow, your arms look really big. And I'm just going to use this comment because once this happened to one of our girls and she, she was struggling with the process of this because she was working on you know building her muscle mass because she was a competitive athlete. But that comment, whereas that person saying it might have meant for that to be a compliment she did not interpret it as a compliment and she kind of freaked out. It was like, oh, I'm getting big. And mm. the word big to her. Oh my God. Threw her, her brain. Much. Yeah. Threw, yeah. Threw her kind of brain down one path. Whereas, you know, so I had a reminder of what her fitness goals, which were to increase her muscle mass. And I said, what if we turn that phrase around and we just inserted another, wow, look at the muscles on your arms. You would have interpreted that differently. So this is where your body image, the things you hear, the things you visually see, whether it is directly you or maybe you comparative to whatever, it can really throw your your sort of your perception of things one way or another. It's kind of crazy because we do have, and I don't think that everybody does, but I think that if you're listening to this and if you're into fitness or, you know, whatever it is, it's been ingrained that like leanness and being leaned and toned or whatever it is means you're fit. And so almost if you're in like the fitness community, a lot of people begin to think that having a lot of fat is the worst thing that you could possibly be. And it's like this fat phobia type deal where people are posting things saying, maybe they've competed before, maybe they've gotten to a really lean physique before. And then all of a sudden they're posting about being fluffy or like, oh, I wouldn't normally post this because I don't look as good as I usually look. And you look at their photos and they look great. And so it's almost like, we have created this idea that being fit or whatever is being lean and toned and that having body fat is like horrible. Yeah, exactly. And I do think that it is often, we run into this a lot of times when people will come in and they're, they'll have a, an abstract view in their brain of what they want their bodies to be, but they may have a concrete number on the scale or a concrete size clothing that they want. And it's hard because one of the things that a lot of times people forget is that your body is going to change 
over the course of your life countless times. So over and over and over again, you know, when you're growing up, you're used to your body changing because you're growing. And then when you go through puberty, you know, that's when we start to have some of our real big changes in our bodies that we start to look at other people and do more of this comparative thing and think about, well, when I grow up, I want to be, and you have in your brain, in your mind, what you think that that image is. And then, especially women, we change a lot. And if you go on and you have children, your body, it is no longer yours. And all those women who have gone through pregnancies and they're nodding their heads going, yes, it's like something has taken over your body. Yes, a child, you're you're making a child. And so your body is doing what it's supposed to do all along the way. Problems ensue because we start to manipulate it. And we are trying to make our bodies do something that we have this expectation. And so the discord can start to happen there. And so how does somebody shift out of that thwarted body image to something that is a little more balanced? And this is where we talk about, I guess, people started to do this body positivity movement. I think that can go for an extreme too, because The problem I have with the body positivity movement is that it becomes another opportunity to bash other people if they're not embracing it. My thoughts on the body positivity movement is that I stand behind the idea that is you should love your body, but be able to change it at the same time. I don't think that we should be celebrating extremely overweight people as embracing their physiques in terms of like, don't make a change because we have an obesity epidemic. And sometimes the truth is that you're just not taking care of your body. And if you ever want to move on and have children and get pregnant and carry another human and, you know, support them, the last thing that you should be doing is, you know, embracing being extremely overweight. Well, and I do think that it comes down to, and I learned this a lot when I was a hospital dietitian, that you could have somebody sitting in front of you and you as a dietitian is sent into their room as they're about to be discharged. And you're instructed by the doctor to give them you know, some nutrition counseling. And you're sitting there with somebody who has lived a lifetime of behaviors that have compounded I don't want to say necessarily cause that, but have compounded their current health situation, for example, diabetes. And you're sitting there and you're explaining to the family what they need to do and the changes. And you can tell they're just looking at you as if, okay, that's what it's going in one ear and out the other because it's not important to them. They have to make that decision that if they're going to make the fitness and, or I don't want to say only fitness, but the nutrition and lifestyle changes for better health for longevity, not everybody it's that important to. So it's the same thing with wanting to change your appearance. If it's important to you, then you need to do the activity to support it. But you also have to realize that there's a lot of difficulty or black holes you can go down if you start to change your perception of your worth based on your current state of what you look like. So Then people start to say, I'm a bad person because I can't follow my nutrition or I'm lazy because I can't get to the gym. This is where we start to run into problems. And I think this is what has promoted a lot more of this awareness of the body positivity movement. You know, if you make the choice to do or not do, you take responsibility for it. So I think that that's what 
I would like to see in this body positivity movement is that we just take responsibility for our yeah. choices. And then that also, yeah, for, for anything, you know, if you decide that, you know, you're going to drink and drive, you have to take responsibility that you could have some disaster happen. But in that kind of situation, there's always that chance that there's going to be some innocent victims. When we make the choices on our health and fitness and, you know, are we going to keep eating a particular way or our activities being in a certain way? If it does not move us in the direction that we want, it can provide a lot of discord. So that's one of the things that I'm always worried about. I know it sounds like I'm rambling here. I'm hoping this sounds cohesive to people, but I guess that's where it always comes down to the choices and how much are you going to take responsibility for your activities. I think what we can't control is the situation where people do make comments on things and then our response and how we feel about that and how we internalize that. You know, I don't always really know why people feel the need sometimes to comment on other people's activities or maybe their bodies. I know I make comments on people's (laughs) activities and their bodies as a coach because that's my job. But I would never go and give somebody any unsolicited information. And I always have to say, if I'm going to say something, it is going to be a productive comment rather than something just loosely thrown out there. We're going to take a quiz. Oh, right now. okay. And I think I'm going to take it because I feel like, I don't know, Jules, I feel like you have a good idea. I feel like you, your body image is pretty good. I think this is important to talk about though. Because I grew up with you not being overly critical of yourself. And either you were and you didn't show that to me. And I think that that's brilliant if you didn't. Because I think that that's where kids get body image issues. And that's where I think it's rooted in probably how they grow up and what they see. And so I know a lot of people who say, oh, my mom would go in the dressing room and she would, you know, squeeze the fat on her hips or whatever. She'd be really negative towards her body. And that's why I am. So that's why, I don't know. What do you think? I do think that it was always something I was aware of because I obviously had had a lot of exposure through experience and education about how certain behaviors can have an influence on the kids. But yeah, I mean, I do think that it took me a long time to develop a, a body yeah. image. because I, so I feel like I need to it. take this, I need to take this test because I feel like you'll get a perfect score. So I'm going to, I want you to open up the link and, and you can click through and ask me the questions and I'll, I'll answer them. Okay. So this test is, I really do not think that it's, it's not like a very fancy research-based test, but it is just kind of like a fun little thing that's going to make us think a little bit. And I'll put the link to it into the podcast, but it just has like basically questions. And then you either agree a lot or disagree a lot, agree a little or disagree a little. So do you have it? I do. So basically what questions? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I want you to read the questions and then kind of go through them. And then we can talk about what 
where it puts us. Where it puts us. Okay. Yeah. It, All right. And so what the test basically is, is like, it says, do you have body image issues? Are you overly invested in body image? And it says our free tests will measure your investment in body image and will reveal if you have a healthy relationship or one which may require attention. I'm not going to take this very seriously, but I do think that it is going to make us think about the way that we think about ourselves. If you're not driving, pull up the test and you can do it while I do it. The first question, I'm going to actually answer these as well to see where I end up. The first question is, it's important to me to look my best all the time. I'm going to say I agree a little. Like I like to be presentable, but other times I go outside into public, not, I don't care at all. So I agree a little bit. I'm going to say the same thing. So, all right. Question number two, when something goes wrong inside your body, you are never really the same person again. What does it mean by inside my body? I don't know, but (laughs) that's the question. When something goes wrong inside your body, you are never really the same person again. I would say I agree a little. I don't know. I feel like if something happens to me with my body, I'm affected by it. So I'd say I agree a little. Yes, I have to say I agree a little because if something goes wrong. Um, I don't really know what it's asking. Yeah, so I'm going to say I agree a little. Number three, if a woman doesn't look good to others, she can't possibly feel good about herself. Oh, I disagree a lot. Yeah, that's the one that I would say too. All right, the next question is the idea of having surgery bothers me because it means doing damage to my body. No, I've had my boobs done. I disagree a lot. <laughs> I also disagree a lot. And I'm just going to say this because sometimes surgery is essential to healing the body. So that yeah. question to me is disagree a lot. The next question is, I am very careful about my diet. I agree a lot. <laughs> yes, that's, that's the same one for me. I like that. That's funny. This is like a set. I was not expecting these questions. So I kind of like This is interesting. That. Yeah. Yes. Number six, I feel good about myself only if I know I look good to others. I'm going to say I disagree a little. I mean, I feel good about myself when I'm presentable, but I also don't only feel good about myself when I'm presentable. You know what I mean? I do. I do. You know, it's so funny because most of you who have seen what I look like, I have blonde hair, but really I am like white gray. And so... The thing that affects me more than anything is when I know I need a hair color, and Elle knows this, but that really bothers me more than anything. So if I feel that is not looking good to other people, that does affect me, but that's probably the only thing. So I'm going to say I disagree a little. What's the next one? This is interesting. A scar from an operation, even one that doesn't show, is a constant reminder to yourself that something was wrong with you. No, I disagree a lot. That doesn't bother me. Yeah, I agree with that. I think sometimes it can mean that you're a warrior. Yeah. The next question is, I have to look as good as I can to others in order to feel right about myself. Mm, I disagree a lot. I don't know. I'm, I think that I disagree a lot. I'm on the fence between a little and, and a lot on that one, mostly because I feel like we do want to look presentable. I don't want to go out looking. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is being professional and presentable. Right. So that's where I'm kind of in the middle on that one because I do think that, and I think that's true of probably the majority of people out there who have to go out in public, you know, because we do dress for ourselves, but we do dress to be sort of socially accepted. Okay. 
Number nine, completely apart from pain, I'd have trouble giving myself an injection because it would mean forcing a needle into an undamaged part of my body. Okay, this is just getting weird. This is getting um, weird. I'm trying to figure out where this is like going. Where here. is it going with this one? <laughs> no, I don't care if I doesn't even leave that much damage. I know. Like I'm going to disagree a lot on yeah, this one. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, this is going back to a diet question or eating thing. I consciously make an effort to avoid eating things I know aren't good for me. I'm going to say I agree a little because there's a difference between, I mean, I'm going to take this as not good for me. And since I'm educated in nutrition, I'm going to say like high calorie. So I'm not even like thinking in terms of food that's good or bad, but also in terms of like how I like to maintain my physique. So I agree. I definitely, I know when to indulge and when not to. I, yeah, I have to say, I agree a lot. It's not so much good for me. I think it's more that I know if there's a particular food that makes me feel or eating style that makes me feel better. I'd have to say, I agree a lot because if it's something that that to me wouldn't be, aren't good for me, that's sort of like, I know I'm lactose intolerant. So eating certain things are going to make me. <laughs> Okay. So we've just kind of gone over a little bit of that body positivity stuff and this body image stuff. And and I think for me, I think that now I kind of want to talk about my personal experience before these like test results come back. And I want to talk about, I guess, why I originally got started in fitness because obviously like I wanted to look better. So that was like a huge, when I started to manipulate my eating and manipulate my training on a serious note, it was in college and, and it was because I wanted to be more conditioned and look a certain way. And I don't think that, you know, there's anything wrong with that, but I do think that there has been times in my life where my image or perception of myself has been skewed for what it actually is. And I think a lot of us deal with that, especially if we get wrapped up in something like competing or just an extreme goal where you're trying to make very distinct changes within your physique. And I think that we a lot of times have to take ourselves out of our current state of mind and reflect on what it is that we're doing, how we're feeling in order to have a more realistic approach to what our body really looks like and how it makes us feel. Yes, I think that's uh, that's a great perspective. Did you want me to share a little bit about my background, my experience? Yeah, go ahead. I can read you what I got here. It says Ellen Chaplow's self-perception report. So again, I think we have to be very careful about how these quizzes can make you feel because right now it looks like it says you are not invested in your appearance and do not care that much about how you look. You are not an overly emotional person and don't really dwell much on how people see you. You are not really worried about outside appearances. Your health and a feeling of well-being is not important to you, which is interesting. And you're not really worried about getting sick and you deal with it well. And then it just says you do not really have much of a compulsive personality. Well, interesting. Interesting enough. I think I got more out of the questions than I do what their summary was about that. And so for me, but it's interesting to even see that because I will say that I definitely... Like I care about what I look like, but that's not like my sole focus all the time. And a lot of the things that I do is I do them, you know, I do them for me. And so when I go to the gym, I always see all these people and I'm like, man, they look so good at the gym or like, they look so good when they're out 
you know, doing things or like when girls go to class and I'm like, oh man, I remember my first year of college when I actually put jeans on to go to class. And now I'm rolling out of bed, like, oh my God, I have to be at an 8am, whatever. And so I think that I have gotten, as I've gotten older and as I've gone through my phases of being really focused on my body and then focusing more on health, my body image and perception has gotten better over the years. Well, I do think it's interesting in how people decide to dress often. There are times we know we'll all throw on our, you know, our sloppy sweats and other times that we'll get dolled up. And it can change how you feel and your perspective. And I do think that, you know, putting something on that makes you just feel good is going to change your perception of your body image. And I do think that it is one of those things that if we talk about, we work a lot of with people and helping them improve their outlook on themselves and embracing who they are, what their bodies can do, which is amazing. And that where they are now is not their final destination. So if somebody says, you know, I'm not really content or happy with where I am now, that they focus in on the forward movement rather than where they are then. So when somebody says, well, you know, what should I do about a poor body image? I talk a lot about, well, let's learn how to accept where we are now, accept the limitations, but also the potential of what we can do, and then move towards the potential. And that, I think, is a good way to sort of step forward, moving forward with a body, to me, body positivity, that's my definition, and an improved image of what you could be, not necessarily where you are, because I I think as thinking human beings, we always want to be excited, motivated, and propelled forward. And so when somebody gets really down in the dumps about where they are, I say, let's not focus where we are now. Let's focus in on what your potential is and moving forward with your health and fitness. That's my perspective in a nutshell. When I talk to some of my clients who have come from, so we'll just take, for example, we will call her Susie. Susie in the past has had issues with binge eating and kind of overeating, undereating, whatever, undiagnosed, not she hasn't gone to see anybody about it, but she doesn't, that's been offered to her. We've talked about that. She doesn't need help or doesn't want help in that sense that she's trying to handle it on her own. Then she starts to be a little bit more self-aware and she is more conscious of what she's doing. And all of a sudden the binge eating stops and she starts to be a lot more body positive. She's eating better. She's not binging. She's getting regular exercise in. She feels great about herself. So say the six weeks goes by, her physique looks the same, but her body image now, six weeks later, is way better And it's not necessarily because she looks better. It's because of the actions that she's taken and all of that behavioral stuff that makes her feel a certain way is what kind of drives that body image. Jules was like, where the hell are you going with this? I could tell. My point with this is that a lot of times our perceptions of ourselves and the way that we reflect on things and the way we feel about things, they are reflections of our actions. And so I know for me that I am most body positive and I'm most body accepting when I'm doing what makes me feel good on the day to day. So it's not necessarily just about 
people will be like, oh, I have great body image because they, maybe they've lost 10 pounds, but maybe they've, they've done that through restricting and they're happy about it. It's like, it really is all about what makes somebody happy to reflect on that body image. Yeah. And I do think that that does tie in a little bit about looking at it as what are the activities that you're doing and, and our perception of what our body image can either, you know, again, propel you forward or hold you back. There are a lot of times people just get frustrated and they are waiting for changes to happen or they feel like they're doing things, but their body image is skewed so much by maybe like the number on the scale or maybe their clothes are not fitting the way they want, but they're doing the activities that they feel are moving them forward, but they're, they're not looking at that where is the activity that I'm doing? Is this moving me forward? Or maybe the activity you're doing, you know, let's be honest, maybe it isn't really going to propel you yeah. to match what you would like. So a lot of times, you know, your perspective of what you want may be off. So and I run into this a lot. What do you mean? People say, well, so somebody will say, well, I, you know, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to be, you know, 120 and they're 130. And I'll say, when was the last time you were 120? And they'll turn around and say, well, <laughs> like, I was in middle school. Never. Yeah. Okay, well, but maybe now you're 45 and you've had two kids. So, you know, you have to kind of keep things realistic and, you know, the body image in your mind or what you attach that and your emotional feelings to, to where you're going, that can cause a lot of problems. And people will say, you know, I'm having a very distorted body image, but then they turn around and do activities that are really almost causing them to move towards the negative rather than. Yeah. Well then, and this conversation is kind of tough for me because I, because I've been poaching and doing this for a little while, I see the happiest people, the ones with that good body image are the ones that have their, their routine down pat, you know, and everybody struggles a little bit, but the people who have a good routine, they're pretty much hitting their nutrition's pretty spot on, you know, majority of the time doesn't have to be perfect. They're exercising really well. They're the ones that are like, yeah, you know, I want this to change, but I'm cool with how it's going. Like it's on its way. It's working there. And I think that when you have poor body image, the biggest thing is that you don't have a plan to fix it. And so coming from this little rational bubble that I live in, I find that when you do have a plan and you do put in the steps that need to be put in and you put in the energy and the effort, and that's that big thing you were saying before. It's like, if you put in the effort and you're making the proper or more educated decisions rather than just it all being like, eh, whatever happens, happens. It's like, how can you complain? Absolutely. And I do think that the majority of people like a degree of control. Not everybody, and I'm not talking about being control freaks, but like a sense of order. And if you have, you kind of know what you're going to do and that you execute it, there's a lot of satisfaction in that execution. And if you just, we always say it's just sort of like, you know, stay on that grind, whatever. It doesn't have to be a really hard grind. It can just be, you know, the plan. Yeah. And just if you have a plan for improving your health for whatever your goals are, whether it is to make sure that you don't, you know, or, or try to reduce your risk for diabetes or high cholesterol or some health parameter, or if it is really, you know, to lose 10 pounds, because just maybe losing 10 pounds will bring your blood values down. Or, you know, maybe you do need to reduce your body weight because carrying extra body weight is exhausting for your body. So there's a yeah, lot. It's, it's hard to walk around. It's hard to be, it's like you think about it. And I always use this when I, 
I love doing pull-ups when I'm competition. Because <laughs> it's weight, so much easier. It's easier. <laughs> so I, I think about that. But seriously, though, I it think is. about that in the in the larger scale of if I were to be carrying a lot of extra weight, doing the daily activities would be more uncomfortable, would be harder. And I get that, that that's why people don't want to exercise because it's hard. But it's like, I mean, exercising it, just so you know, exercising at any body weight is difficult. <laughs> that's right. Even if you have limitations, if you have body aches and pains or injuries that you have to work through, we all know that, that that can really, that also can distort your body image because you have this perspective of all of a sudden I'm limited and I can speak from experience. You know, I deal on a regular basis with a chronic pain situation. And, and so there are days where it just feels unsurmountable and, you know, just getting through a workout is hard. But then I sit there and I rationalize with myself and I say, well, if I don't get through it, then it's just going to be a slippery slope. So this is where you can take, and that's what I talk about, like this body image is that it really should be forward thinking and not stuck in place. So those are words to to take home with you. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's wrap it up. I think we've been recording for a long time. So anything else you want to say, bring up, talk about? The only thing I want to say is when you find yourself starting to pick yourself apart in terms of particular, you know, visual in terms of your body, take a step back. And I always say, look at that part of your body and learn how to appreciate it for its entity, you know? So if you have some extra loose skin around your stomach, but you've had two babies, embrace it, that that's something that you most certainly can work towards improving, but also for where you are now, you know, the muscles may be stretched, the skin stretched because you carried two babies. So look at those things and realize there are some things that you can change, some things you can't, but move forward and don't get stuck in the same place. And that's my final word on that. True that. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Please give us some feedback if you did enjoy this one. This was a little bit different from what we typically do. Yeah, we were just sort of free-flowing and bouncing these different things. (laughs) Free-balling. A little bit, but you know. A little. So In the right, good place. Yeah, so leave us a review if you guys have liked any of the episodes. And I'll try and get another one out to you guys ASAP. Keep flowing in with the recommendations. We love ideas. The little screenshots because we love the feedback. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thanks, everyone.